when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. What is going on, guys? And welcome to the Soto Mojo Podcast. I am Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, uh, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, you know, now trade deadline's over. Kind of just got the you know final few weeks of the season to go, and ready to just casually enjoy some Mariners baseball. We got Seahawks starting up the preseason tomorrow, so you know things are things are getting a little bit busier now. And uh, a little bit more uh, interesting to watch. They sure are. So um, on today's show, guys, we're going with the uh, Scott Service bullpen management method where we're just throwing crap against the wall and seeing what works. Uh, (laughs) So I hope you guys are ready for a nice, you know, 35, 40 grade podcast if you're lucky. Um, But that's kind of our specialty here, though. We wouldn't want to wow you guys with too many 60 grade podcasts. Yeah, We don't want to spoil you or anything, you know, so... I mean, you know, what do you have to look forward to if we uh, if we just give it to you all at once? That's true. That's true. Anyways, guys, on today's show, we are going to talk a little bit about the um, largely irrelevant Tim Beckham uh, 80 game suspension. Um, so we'll talk about that. Also, uh, we'll make some stuff up and we'll talk about that. So, like I said, we are we're Scott servicing this thing all the way to the end. So. Let's go ahead. Let's let's talk about the, I mean, technically news of the Tim Beckham suspension. Uh, he's right. been suspended 80 games for violating the uh, the uh, performance enhancing drug policy. Um, that extends into next <coughs> season. Uh, he will have to serve. He will miss the first 32 games of next year um, uh, because there's only 48 games left this year. If you guys can mm-hmm. do math at home. Um, mm-hmm. So he's out for the rest of the season. Ty, highly unlikely he was coming back. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What, what did you think when you saw this? <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, cool, an open roster spot <laughs> for someone who you know may be a part of your future. That's that's really all that I I thought of. I I, I didn't really care one way or another. They may have been able to trade him during the off season for something, but who cares? Um, yeah, so it's, um, you know, whatever, (laughs) it really doesn't matter. Uh, Bob Nightingale and John Heyman with their comments yesterday, uh, you know, both of you, I don't care about your existence really. So, (laughs) so, you know, uh, I don't, I don't really care what they have to say, uh, whatsoever. And I, I just, that was ridiculous that this was made such a big deal because Tim Beckham was good for two weeks. Also shout out to that moron on Twitter who said that we said he was the savior of the team. I'm pretty sure we said something along those lines. It was clearly a meme. So you're just stupid. Yeah. 
I just, I don't know, man. It's just the whole thing. First of all, when it comes to guys like Heyman and Nightingale, you know, they're, they're, they are king of the hypocrites because in the mid, in the mid to late nineties, when all this started, they just sat there. They just wrote their stories about the home run chase and the home run ball and the records and all this stuff. They just sat there and didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden, when it became public knowledge, it was, oh, I can't believe that they would disgrace. Like, you knew what was happening. You yeah. knew. You were in those locker rooms. You knew. You were talking to players. You knew exactly what was happening. So now they get on their little moral high horse and, oh, look, they're cheating. Why wouldn't you care about cheating? A, because yeah. I don't think what they did should be considered cheating. And B, I just don't care about Tim Beckham at all. I don't. He was fun to watch for two weeks. Like, yeah. Hooray. Awesome. Yeah, the bat flips were awesome. And him going in the yard against Sale, what, twice? That was awesome. You know what mm. he does now? He takes up a roster spot. He's not really good for anything. He's hitting okay right now. But J.P. Crawford is here. Shedlong is going to be up when he's healthy. There's just Kyle Seeger's hitting now, and you're not going to take at-bats away from Seeger anyways. You can't use him in the DH spot because Domingo hurt his elbow. You're not going to start him over Vogelback. He just has no place here. So he gets suspended for 80 games. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. And also, I, I you know, for some reason, it, it, there were certain tweets that were uh, insinuating that the Mariners should be held responsible for this. I mean, nowadays, guys do, do completely guys do this of their own volition. Teams aren't going through the, the BS of all of this. They wouldn't allow that. They know like the risk of it. They know that the MLB is too smart now for this. You know, for you to get away with it. So this the Mariners more than likely did not know about this. This was just something Tim Beckham was doing. And, you know, it's it is what it is. He got caught. He's out. He's not going to be a Mariner. He probably wasn't going to be a Mariner anyway. So it's not it's no skin off my back. <laughs> I mean, it's not was... reflective of, of my team that I root for. It's not reflective of that whatsoever. So, And Tim Beckham was not a part of the future at all. So there is literally no reason for me to be invested in that or be too upset about it. He gave me two weeks of fun baseball and was, you know, and that's great. And, you know, thank well you. Worth but the $1.3 million contract. Yeah. I just I think Nightingale talking about like, oh my god, Mitch Haniger just got popped for eighty games. If that happens, we'll talk and we'll talk seriously about that because that's a major issue. Tim Beckham is not. He's a guy who's trying to stay in the league. Right now he's barely good enough to do that. He was just a stopgap fill in and now we all of a sudden we gotta treat him like, Oh my god, the Mariners just lost JP Crawford. Oh no. Like, no, no it it just it's so stupid. This there are very few players on this team, and really, this is no offense to the actual players, or you know, but not like they're listening. But uh, it, there are very few players on this team that matter. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, so it's a big picture. Yeah, and so it's. I don't care about Tim Beckham. If you told me right now that like. Tommy Malone got popped for 80 games. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, that's yeah. literally, that's... Yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, well, that that sucks, I guess, because Beckham, or uh, Malone's kind of fun to watch when he's good, but... Eh. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just, been... we'll just call up Sean Nolan then, and he'll do the same thing. Like, okay. Yeah. Just, 
I don't know. It's just one of those things. I just, I don't, and I know a lot of, like, by the way, if you're a Mariner fan and you know fans of other teams who are trying to give you crap right now, just do a quick Google search. You'll find steroid users. You'll find domestic abusers. You'll find everything under the sun on these teams and some of these players. And just, it's just, it's so stupid. It is. And this idea that, oh, the Mariners, they love their cheaters. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're a, you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan, and your team is still paying Odabel Herrera, um, who's serving an 85-game suspension for domestic violence. You're an Astros fan. You employ you uh, you uh, employ Osuna. You employ Verlander, who's just a giant dick. You know, it just <laughs> it's like you know Yuli Gurriel with his whole racist thing that he did last in the last World Series. You just like just just stop. You want to talk about the Yankees? You had Giambi and A Rod. I just whatever. Like if you're if you're a fan base who hasn't had, who thinks that there hasn't been bad things that happened to players in your organization, you're just lying to yourself. Um, so I just I don't know. Ignore those people. Tell them that they're hypocrites. Do whatever. I just I don't care. And when John Heyman comes and says, "Oh, I guess you don't care about cheating." It's like, well, John, I get you really didn't seem to care that much about domestic violence, so I don't know. You tell me what's worse, somebody popping blood thinning pills or somebody beating their wife or shooting at their girlfriend or throwing their girlfriend through a sliding glass door. Same guy who made a big deal about, you know, oh, look at Jose Reyes. He came back and he's really helped the Mets and, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, Jose Reyes threw his like wife through a, through a sliding glass door in Hawaii. But sure, yeah, no, that's fine. As long as he doesn't, you know, take a prescription medication that happens to have one ingredient that's on the banned substance list, you can do whatever you want besides that. I just, so stupid. And like I said, I have no tolerance for any writer who was writing in the 90s, saw what was happening, knew what was happening, sat there on their hands because it was good for their career. And then after the fact, are coming out and being like, oh, look at these cheaters. We got to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. We got to. We, I'm gonna I'm gonna be tough on drugs now because it doesn't benefit you anymore. Get the hell out of here. That's such weak. That is such weak ass bullshit. And I'm just I'm so tired of that line of logic from most baseball writers. So whatever. Heyman can go ahead and keep breaking those stories twenty minutes after passing has, and we'll both move on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Uh... I was gone for most of yesterday, and I come back, and uh, there's John Heyman in our mentions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, saying some uh, some goofy stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, but that's, that's the thing about, you know, baseball and baseball debates that really there, there are so many people that are on the far side of one side of things and on the far side of another side of things. You saw it with the Edgar. Thing with you know with the Hall of Fame uh, and the the debate over the DH and how there still is this huge divide between American League and National League fans because of what is natural to them, right? And um, you know, and that's and that's the same thing. And, and people are hypocritical. You look at just you mentioned Ver, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is one of the most hypocritical people in all of baseball. Um, and that's been proven time and time again. Uh, Always speaks out against the guys who get busted for steroids. Only has good things to say about his teammates who get busted. 
Like, oh, well, you know, he made a mistake. And, oh, we're going to help Osuna. We're going to help him turn his life around. He's my teammate now. I love him. Drop dead. Like, get the hell out of here. You're going into the Hall of Fame. That's great. I'm not denying that. But you're an absolute hypocrite. You're a dumbass. And I really don't like you, Justin. Like, at all. So, whatever. Just. Yeah. So, really, you know, looking at. You know, bringing it back to the to the Tim Beckham situation again, it's just um, you know it, it's unfortunate for for the player who was having a you know a decent year and and you know that that sucks that he he made that mistake and you know but that's he has to live with the consequences and that may have kind of abruptly ended his career. He, I, I assume he's probably not going to get much of a great chance to to make a team next year. Um, and, uh, you know, and that sucks. Um, but you know, those are the consequences of your decisions. And, you know, if you, if you are still thinking that in 2019, you can get away with PEDs, uh, I mean, the the MLB is just too good at it now. They, they're too paranoid. You see what they did with Eric Thames like two years ago. They didn't, they test him like nine different times in the Mm -hmm. span of like six weeks. Like, yep. so, you know, there's, it's just, you're not going to get away with it. It's a stupid decision. Um, but for, as a Mariners fan, it really is no skin off of my back, Colby's back, anyone's back. Cause it really, it just doesn't matter. No, it really just, <clears throat> it, it doesn't have any effect. If you, you know, you weren't going to get any value of him if out of him if he kept him next year he was just going to block a roster spot that's going to be better you know used um filled by you know someone like shed long yep. yeah and that's uh, that's going to be more beneficial to the team and you know if again like if, if you were for some reason able to trade him it wasn't going to. It was going to bring back, you know, your Jake Shiner type of player. It wasn't going to. It's not. It's not moving the needle. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, the Tim Beckham era is over. Um, it was fun for a little bit, and now it no. Well, it still, I guess, technically exists because he's still in the organization, but he's not on the roster. Either way, you know, the odds of you ever seeing Tim Beckham in a Mariners uniform again are basically zero, which is down from about point zero five, yes, from before he was suspended. So, oh, no, what a blow. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so the Mariners call up uh, Timmy Lopes uh, to take that roster spot, and uh, Lopes went out and he hit a home run yesterday. So, uh, that was neat. I like him. I think uh, I, I want to see more of him. Oh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some interesting skills there. He's a really good base runner. Um, you know, he can play a lot of different positions, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of pop there all of a sudden. And we'll see what he can do. I think he'll get a decent chance here with Negron out and Beckham out. Um, you know, Shedlong still not quite ready. Um, same with D Gordon. I think he'll get some decent run here, and you're kind of starting to see. Uh, you know, it's it's been fun to watch guys like Austin Nola. Um, and now Tim Lopes kind of, uh, get their shot and see what they can do. And, you know, in the next 47 games or whatever there is, there's really not much of a reason to give them a shot. Uh, you have an open spot in left field until you're 
finally going to call up, especially in August, um, September when you're calling up Fraley and Don and um, Sheffield and maybe Lewis or even Evan White. Um, then, you know, those guys probably should play a little bit more. But here in August, I mean, there's really no reason not to play mm. Austin Nola and Tim Lopes. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Got to call up Ian Miller. Man. Yeah, well. Just, just I give mean, him a shot. I know he's no Ryan Court or anything, but uh, yeah, Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you think we'll ever see Donnie Walton? Um, what is he like? Twenty six now. It's like twenty five, twenty six. I mean, he's killing it. <clears throat> Double A. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of power there. He's definitely just a second baseman, um, mm. which is fine. His bat fits okay there, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's just. He seems like a, I don't know, just he, I think maybe, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough because, again, he's pretty old for that level. Um, but like you said, he's having a really good year. He's, he's just a solid player. Um, mm. There's nothing flashy about his game at all, but he just doesn't make many or any mistakes, really. Just a very fundamentally sound player. Um, he reminds me a little bit of, you remember uh, former Oakland A's second baseman Mark Ellis? Mm-hmm. Yep. He kind of reminds me of him a little bit. So um, I think it's a possibility, but, you know, you start looking at Chad and JP up the middle. Um, I, I don't know if he's quite good enough to be a utility type of option there. Um, but I, I think he'll probably get a shot sometime next year. I imagine he'll start. Uh, next season in triple a so there's a there's a good chance he'll be one of the first called up next year Um, i don't think we'll see him this year but i don't know it's not like they have a 40-man roster crunch they have to worry about right yeah i just i I found that kind of weird how he's just been basically killing it you know last couple years and just promoted him yeah yeah yeah. 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 And I mean like, you know, I get the lack of power and everything, but still, I mean when you when you Second see a guy base. that's when you see a guy that's having, you know, uh pretty, you know, good success getting on base and everything like that, especially at, you know, the double A level, that's not an easy level to hit at. Um, no, it's it's certainly not like hitting in the PCL, that's for sure. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I look at that and I'm just yeah, I, I I get the flaws, but you know, I mean, if you're if you're given time to guys like Ryan Court and something like that, maybe you know, if right. you if you have the roster space to 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 uh, facilitate that kind of player, why not? You know, give give someone a, a shot or give someone like Donnie Walton a shot to maybe see you know if he has something. He's twenty six or twenty five, whatever whatever he is now, and plays a position that you are going to need to fill at some point in your future. And, you know, and he's having, you know, some major success right now. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I see that. And I think there's an opportunity to do that, but you know, of course, Arkansas is in a, you know, is going to uh, the playoffs, right? So, yep. uh, yeah. So they, uh, you know, they, right. uh, they want they probably want to keep that together as well uh, because they do care about those things, uh, you know, and to some degree. And uh, so, all right, the double A playoffs they only go until like the second week of September. Yeah, uh, which is why you know we talked 
it's it's at this point we're pretty much assuming that uh, Justin Dunn and Justice Sheffield are most certainly coming up in September. Um, and Do you think so, Justice Sheffield's going to come up this week? I don't. Um, because it sounds like they're going to go with a four-man rotation, and then um, well, until Tampa Bay, right? Well, until I think they go back on their five-man after this Thursday. Um, okay. So I I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. I can't. I mean, um, it's certainly possible because they have talked about doing a six-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of ease the the workload on guys like you know you say and uh, presumably the any young guy they call up, so um, I think it's possible. But uh, I think it's also possible that they just keep Dunn and um, Sheffield down until the you know Arkansas either wins the uh, wins the championship or is eliminated, mm-hmm. and then they call them up, and then you might only see Sheffield and Dunn get two or three innings out of the bullpen. You know, right. I think that's I think that's totally possible, and that's something fans should be prepared for because I think there's just this expectation that September first rolls around. All right, Justin Dunn and Justice Sheffield are now in their rotation. I I just don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you know, so if any big name prospects are coming up before September, I think it's probably going to be Sheffield. I think Fraley maybe has a chance see how long this injury thing lasts, but I think there's a decent chance. I would say 30% chance that Jeff is up in the next week or so. Um, and then done, I would put at 0% that he's up before September. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how all that works. But, uh, well, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going I'm to tell you why real quick. I have uh, significant interest in this topic. I uh, splurged on some tickets for next week in Toronto on the Sunday game because I kind of, you know, did the math and tried to add it up. And that's what I figure the fifth starter will make a start. So I'm, ah, I see. So, so I'm the pre- fifth starter is Wade LeBlanc <laughs> or whoever it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, taking a risk. A little bit of a yeah. gamble there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you know, because I, I figure that LeBlanc and Malone are probably going to start the other two games. I'm still going to go to those games, but I'm getting those leads for those. But I got these, like, first baseline, second row tickets for that Sunday game. So we'll see. <laughs> what happened the last time you went to a, uh, you went to a Blue Jays-Mariners game and you sat that close? Uh, <laughs> pretty fun stuff happened. Uh, you know, uh, I saw uh, you know our, our our boy Big Maple. He uh, did the damn thing over there. That was pretty. That that was that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, man. Uh, so so of course I'm uh, gonna see the Mariners get no hit for the third time this year. <laughs> to uh you know just uh knock me down a peg and just you know remind me that you know life is is pain <laughs> it'll it'll be zach godley who does it too oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but yeah man that's uh that I'm, I'm pretty pretty stoked about that so we'll see how that goes but yeah um you know we'll, we'll see what they want to do with the arkansas rotation it's a really good rotation. Um, it's a really good bullpen too. 
Yeah, one that's probably going to win them a championship. Uh, I don't, I don't see how they're going to be opposed in those playoffs. Uh, they're just the only team that's close is I want to say Tulsa, the Dodgers Double A affiliate. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, they probably are the favorites at the, at this point. So yeah, and that's just a testament, you know, to what Jerry Depoto has done and and how this Mariners organization has developed and how. You know, I, I've said this many times now that pretty much everything that they needed to go right has gone right. Um, so in the minors, in the minors, yeah. Well, and I mean, they you know they they didn't expect to do well this year at the major league level, and no. that's happened. And but they you know the guys that have come up, J.P. Crawford specifically, has looked good. You know, the the one big stain, if you will, on the season has been Kikuchi, and you know, that's gone uh, that hasn't gone as, as well as you would like, but you know, he's still shown some things uh, here and there you know, he had that pretty good stretch and uh, I think it was in May or June somewhere in there, he had a really good stretch of like three or four starts and um, you know, hopefully you can build off of that, but yeah, really. Other other than that, the, it's gone about as well as as you would hope. Yeah, um, like I said, I think the plan is moving at an appropriate pace, and I don't think um, we've seen anything that should cause panic. Um, despite what the Jim Moores and the uh, nameless <laughs> people on Twitter want uh, want to try and incite. Uh, there's just not really any reason to uh, all of a sudden think that this can't work. It just there's nothing there's nothing in the. I mean, like I said, basically, it's 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 funny because you talk about the guys like Jim Moore, and basically their whole thing is, well, Kikuchi's been pretty bad. So I mean, that's that's the end of the plan, right there. I mean, that's the whole like. <laughs> so what if Kikuchi's bad? What if Justin Dunn is? a number two. What if Logan Gilbert gets here next year and is a two? And it's not like Kikuchi is making $30 million. You don't like what you have. You can cut him in two years. I mean, it just... Yeah. And, you know, complaining that, oh, they got no hit. And it's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, the lineup of Ryan Court and Dylan Moore, I mean, that that's a lineup that should be putting up some numbers, right? I mean, it just... Yeah. Just sheer stupidity. Keon Broxton, like, oh yeah, no, that's that's t- yeah, totally. That team, that should be an offensive juggernaut with that in the outfield. I mean, come on, dude. Like seriously, we're really gonna do this? You're gonna judge an entire rebuild because the Mariners have to use Ryan Court and Dylan Moore right now? Come on. That's, yeah. So. so. Yeah, and so it's. Um... You know that's just how uh, that's just how unfortunately Seattle sports media has viewed the Mariners for a long time. They don't know, they don't know what they're talking about because they don't pay enough attention. They don't care, so they, they you know they they watch from afar and they and they see you know. Plus, baseball is such a hard game for people to be casual fans of and be outspoken about it because there are just so many things that are brought to the attention of the casual baseball fan that just doesn't matter. Yeah. And they're told that it does matter. And that's and that's the fault not of the fan really, it's the fault of 
you know, ESPN and, and Fox and, you know, the people that they hire, these morons that just spew this nonsense about baseball. And that educates the, uh, these, uh, you know, these, ca- you know, the more casual fans of the game and, and, it, and a really uh, incorrect way. Right. Listen, um, I don't. I don't have an issue if you want to be a casual fan and you want to talk RBI and average and all those nonsense stats. Like I don't, I don't really care, and that's fine because I can have that conversation with you because I understand that point of view. What I don't like is when these people try to be combative with the point you're making by using these old stats, and it's like, it's like, dude, what, like. Like no, that's that's not right, and I'll tell you why. And he goes RBI. Like you realize RBI is a team stat, right? Like you can't you can't drive in runs if the guys in front of you don't get on base. Yeah. Like, See, you're, you're, so you're telling me that if I get 60 home runs in a year, but I only have 60 RBI, that's a bad year. Get out of here, man. So yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's it's just and it's just annoying because it's always the people who know the least who think they know the most. And like I said, I'm more than willing to go back and forth with people. I'm more than willing to have a debate. And there, there's good points to be had about the Mariners' rebuild. I'm not saying everything's working out, you know, peachy clean. There's some, there's some concerning areas, and there are a lot of questions. But that's true of every single rebuild ever. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, so I don't know. Like I said, if you if you want to be a casual fan, that's fine. But don't try to get into deep conversations uh, with me. Well, it's just it, it's like. You know, if you're talking to a to a person that maybe watches, you know, a few baseball games here and there, someone like my brother who who mm-hmm. lives in L.A. and you know the Dodgers are good, so he watches the Dodgers, you know, closer to playoff time and everything like that. And like he and I can have a conversation about how like Mike Trout is amazing and Cody right. Bellinger is amazing, and like we can right. understand each other on that level, right? But. If I were to tell him about how Mitch Haniger is pretty much of equal or better value to his team than Bryce Harper, that's where like <laughs> that's where the line gets blurred because quickly he goes, "Who is Mitch Haniger?" I've heard of Bryce Harper. I've never heard of Mitch Haniger. Therefore, yeah. Harper must be leaps and bounds better than Haniger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I just I don't I don't really care about. I I understand the casual fan and I even understand the old school fan and I could have legitimate conversations with both of them. But when you're talking about baseball in 2019, uh, your strict adherence to ERA and batting average, that's just a non-starter with me. I just, I don't, I don't care about that. And so, like I said, if you're going to be, if you're going to try and be combative with a rebuilding club, um, and try and I don't know, basically call us idiots or liars. Then you're going to get slammed because I don't. Your viewpoints on this are pretty much irrelevant. I I just you know, Jason Churchill talks about he has one scout that he talks to, and he just slams everything the Mariners do. He's ne- there's never been a, a move the Mariners have made that he's liked. He just thinks they're terrible. And I guess my thought is is that then does his opinion really matter? if he just automatically assumes it's terrible, like <clears throat> that's not a valued opinion, not on the Mariners. 
because if you look at that scope and there's a lot of Mariner fans who look through that lens of, well, it's the Mariners, so it has to be bad. So I'm going to throw this out there. And it's like, that's not valuable information. You've already made up your mind regardless of the results. So people don't, don't take into account what a new regime does, what new ownership does. People no. are just, people are just familiar with the brand, right? Yep. They don't, they don't understand the change. And that's, and the, and that's the thing is like, you know, we get all the time people messaging us, you know, oh, typical Mariners, blah, 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 you know, about something stupid, like, like the Tim Beckham thing, mm-hmm. you know, like who cares? Like one, that wasn't the Mariners fault Two, what typical Mariners. This is like a whole new group of people. My, yeah, the brand's the same, but these people didn't make the Adam Jones, Eric Bedard trade. You know, they didn't do the Jesus Montero, Michael Pineda trade. You know, it's this is a completely new set of people that have come from different places across the world and have come together and hopefully have. It's it's the same thing as 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 what happened with the Seahawks. Like no one like no one like really was critical of that <laughs> or like is critical of that now or like saying, Oh, same old Seahawks. Like if something happens, you know, that's uh, like Pete Carroll and John Schneider came in and changed the culture of that, of, of that team. And, you know, for better or worse, Jerry DePoto has changed the culture of the team. They are aggressive. They are forward thinking. They are creative in what they do. And if, and, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. But at least they're active about it and they're not sitting on their hands all the time. And that's a culture change. That's not Jack Zarenzik trying to buy four DH types right. and trying to mix and match them. You know, that's not... It, it's it's different philosophy. And, yeah, it may not work, but it's it's not same old Mariners, you know? Right. It's 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 the furthest thing from the same old Mariners because you talk about them willing to try different things. You know what else they're also not doing? They're not lying to you at all. I don't know how many hours I spent last year just yelling into the microphone that they're lying to you when they say, oh, we're, we're really trying to make the playoffs this year, and they go sign Ichiro. That's a lie. Ichiro's not good, and that's your, oh, well, you know, we're really going to go for it. And when Ben Gamble gets hurt, who's going to be our starting left fielder, are we going to replace him with Carlos Gonzalez, who might be able to still play a little bit? Or are we going to go trade, you know, something for a everyday left fielder? Or are we going to even go get Denard Span right away? No, we're going to sign Ichiro. That's a lie. You cannot. Those two things are contradictory. This year, what did they say? We're not going to be good at the major league level this year. We are taking a step back. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. We're going to build up our minor league system, and we're going to be in a position where we're going to have flexibility with our payroll. We're going to have prospects that we can bring up and grow into Mariners players, and we're going to grow our depth in our farm system so that we can go out, and at the appropriate time, we can trade, and we can add these big pieces that put us over the top. Where's the lie? They've done all of that. And people still complain, same old Mariners. No, it's not, because for 20 years... The Nintendo group just lied to you. Oh, no, we're, we're definitely going to try and win. That's why we went out and we signed Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Sweeney. You know, the corpses of. They just, they just never, ever wanted 
were interested in really truly winning a World Series. They were just interested in keeping you interested enough that you would come to the ballpark. The Mariners this year are going to lose money. Yep. The attendance is going to take a hit, and it probably will next year too. And guess what? John Stanton doesn't care. And you know he doesn't care because he's allowed it to happen. If John Stanton only cared about the bottom line, Robinson Cano would still be on this team. Gene Segura would still be on this team. Nelson Cruz probably would still be on this team, and you'd be looking at the Mariners went out going out this you know this winter and saying, well, let's try and sign, you know, let's go try and trade for a Ryan Healy type, and let's go sign a reliever and hope that our 85 wins is going to get us into the playoffs again. No, they're not doing that. They're doing they're striving for something better, and people yeah. just don't want to hear it, and it's 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 disappointing because. You know, for years, the Mariners don't care about winning. The Mariners don't care about winning. Then they go out and they do the thing that is necessary for them to win. And people still, they won't change their tune. So it's just, it's it's aggravating. This is why I get annoyed on social media accounts when, you know, I hear, oh, look, the Mariners, they're just, they just can't do it. And you have Bob Nightingale saying, oh, the Mariners are the Marlins of the West. It's like, Bob, why don't you focus on learning how to do basic math? in understanding that the Mariners don't owe Edwin Encarnacion $30 million and the Mariners don't owe Mike Leake $25 million. Go do some math, Bob, and get the hell off my timeline. I'm sure you have some story to get wrong in 20 minutes anyways. So go tweet about that story because you don't know what's happening with the Mariners and you can tell he doesn't know what's happening because he kept referring to Tim Beckham as a feel-good story. No, he wasn't. Nobody cared about Tim Beckham after the first two weeks in April, which I'm guessing is the last time Bob Nightingale thought of any thought of the Mariners at all until they had to make these trades. I just, oh, it's just so annoying. And then you have people who think that because Nightingale said it, or because Heyman said it, oh, they're definitely right, even though they've never, even though they've probably watched a grand total of I don't know 50 innings of Mariners baseball this year. Who cares? Just, oh my God, just think about it critically for two seconds, guys. It's really not that hard to see. The Mariners are doing the right thing. Could it fail? Yes, it could. Does that mean it's going to fail? No, of course not. It didn't fail with the Astros. It didn't fail with the Braves. It didn't fail with the Cubs. It's just so stupid to just sit here and go, oh, the Mariners, they can't do anything right. When you're, And then you throw out these examples that are from the Jack Sorensic, Bill Bavese, Nintendo of America group that are 100% irrelevant to today. They mean nothing for this club. They are, ir- ir- they are irrelevant right now. It's just so frustrating that that seems to be the, just the common mindset of Mariners fandom. By so the way, yeah. by the way, this, this year is truly the first year that this has become Jerry DePoto's organization. Uh, pretty much everything from the Jack Sorensic era has been cleansed. Um, you know, obviously you still got the Seager contract, but you got rid of Cano. Pretty much all the failed prospects that were drafted by uh, Jack Sorensic or acquired by Jack Sorensic are out of the picture. You know, he made what he could have, uh, what he could have out of those out of those pieces, and some haven't, you know, uh, some of those deals haven't worked out. You know, you think back on the D. Gordon trade that sent Nick Nider to, to Miami and all that, but, you know, for the for the most part, this is now 
Jerry's organization and in Jerry's first year within the organization, he has really developed competitive teams throughout his, uh, throughout the minor leagues. And that's a testament to the talent that he's brought in and a testament to the player development throughout the organization. You know, because you think about some of the more surprising successes this year. You know, LJ Newsom is now a legitimate prospect. You know, one that you actually have to take note of. And that didn't just happen overnight. That didn't just happen with the snap of a finger. That was the work put in by this organization to help rise a, a, a player's ceiling. So those kinds of successes that when you see that, that should inspire at least an inch of hope and what they're trying to accomplish. And now I, I, I say this all of, all the time, scared money don't make no money. Like that's an emphasis line that, that still rings true to this day, especially in sports, because you cannot play things safe, and too many MLB teams now play things safe. Yep. And Jerry DePoto doesn't play things safe, for the most part. He really, especially in this last year, he has taken some major swings. You know, the Gene Segura deal that got him J.P. Crawford was a huge swing. And right now, that looks pretty good. And, yeah. you know, it's... Those are the things that you have to do to, to succeed. It's take risk and strive to be more creative than your peers. And that's what he at least is trying to do. And, yeah, he may fail, but he's not scared of failing. And he knows what this means if he does fail. That's probably the end of his career. Right. As, at least as a GM. As a GM. You know, he might still be around baseball, but he's probably never going to get another general manager job. Because if, he, if this doesn't work out, people are just going to look at him as the crazy-ass GM that traded everyone and didn't get any value. You know, he just treated it as, you know, fantasy baseball or, you know, MLB The Show or whatever you want. And, you know, nothing came of it. You know, he can look legitimately stupid if this yeah. doesn't work. And that's and that's a risk that he's willing to take, and you have to applaud him for that, at least, especially in a league that's so complacent. That's so just, you know, there's just so many GMs. You look at what Toronto just did, and I'm here in Toronto, and I see the reaction from this fan base and everything, and it sucks. Like the, the, what the Blue Jays just did, just just giving up on Aaron Sanchez, you know, stuff like that. That's not <laughs> that's not being a smart and decisive GM. That's not even being risky. That's just being stupid. So, and Jerry hasn't done that either. But so many GMs right now are just they just sit on their hands. They do, you know, you look at the buildup to the trade deadline and why everything just went insane in the last 30 minutes because 
all these teams couldn't decide what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. And too many teams are just now playing to get into the second wild card. The only time, for me, this is, this is my opinion on the second wild card. If you are legitimately a 90-plus win team, and you're just in a, in a really good league, and, that, and the second wild card is still like insanely hard to achieve, that's when you should go for it. But if you're in the middle of the pack with like seven different teams trying to get a second wild card, right. it's not worth it. That's not the, the, the odds of you making not just making it, but actually making it and winning that game and getting into the division series are so slim. And that, and that's why the pirates now are in a much worse place than they would have been if they didn't make the Chris Archer trade. If yeah. they had, uh, and so or the Keona Kella trade. And that's being, and that's another example of being just stupid, like kind of how we're seeing with the Blue Jays this year. Right. It's just it's overreaction, um, and just this idea that I have to get rid of this guy, or I have to do this, or I have to do that. You really don't. And I mean, like, and that that in particular this year that created this deadline where, you know, the two biggest names uh, until about what five minutes after the deadline had passed. They went to non-contenders, like the two biggest names that got dealt. They went to teams that are maybe a year away, maybe we think. Um, you know, Trevor Bauer and um, and Marcus Stroman, and then obviously Granky goes to the to the Astros, and that deal kind of tips the whole deadline on its head and makes it look better than it was. But I mean, you don't have to look much further than the Boston Red Sox didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. The New York Yankees didn't do anything. Like you said, the Blue Jays, they basically traded everything they could for for spare parts. I mean, you get a couple nice pitching prospects, but nothing spectacular for Stroman. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you get one Penny's, outfielder who yep. strikes Penny's out way too much. Yeah. yeah. For what, three legitimate options there? Um, I just, you know, and then you end up with, I just, I don't know, man. It just seems to me that I think... If they want to, obviously the trade deadline, uh, kind of transitioning here. If they want that to be something real, then A, I think you need to move it back a couple weeks um, to let these teams really decide whether they're in or out. And also make the make the uh, second wild, make the two wildcard teams play a three-game series. I think teams are going to be a lot more willing to you know push forward in the trade deadline if they get more than one game guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um so, like I said, we'll see how all that works out. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. Depoto's not going to sit on his hands. He's not going to. Um, and even this year, when the dead when he had really nothing to trade, um, he still went out and he made like five trades in July. He got McGill. He got Whistler. He traded uh, Negron. He traded Strickland and Elias, and then he traded Mike Leak. Mm. You know that that's in a slow month where there's not a lot of action around his mediocre at best players. You know, so um, like I said, I just I don't have any issue with what Depoto's doing, and I'm excited um, for what he decides to do. Um, but I have noticed that we've been pretty uh, soapboxy this this podcast episode. So mm-hmm. I do want to I do want to wrap up on something fun here. So we're calling an audible, um, which I didn't think you could do when you 
coming to the show with no idea what you're going to talk about, but I'm going to call an audible here. <laughs> let, let, let's spend the last couple minutes here. Let's talk about something a little fun. Uh, let's look ahead to this off season. Um, nothing too major right now, guys. Again, September will really start to kind of focus in on this thing. Let's take a look at the off season here. Um, I believe it was Divish who said that the Mariners don't, or DePoto himself said that he doesn't think the Mariners are going to um, really be in on the big names. Uh, they're not going to overpay, basically, uh, right. for Garrett Cole, right? That's basically the example that was used by Divish. Um, and I think a lot of people interpreted that as, well, they're not going to do anything. Um, but let, let's talk about the pros and the cons here of the Mariners spending significant money but not you know not garrett cole money mm. you know what i mean so like let's let's talk a little bit about how the the pros and the cons of this type of thing are so ty why is it why do you think it would be a good idea let's start here why would it be a good idea for the mariners to go out and pay garrett cole enough to come spend a year or two of his prime in a situation where he's probably not going to win. So we're talking $33, $34 million a year, mm. six or seven years. Why is that a good idea for the Mariners, do you think? All right. Um, basically, it comes down to, to, to the benefit that it, it brings you in the end, you know, the, the, the end goal of... of right. You, hope. you know, but... but here, <laughs> the thing is you're not going to be able to sell someone like Garrett Cole on two years of a rebuilding team. Um, after he just came from the Astros and, you know, it's looking pretty likely that he may be coming off of a championship heading into free agency with the way that their team is playing. So, um, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, obviously, uh, is it a good idea? I mean, sure to get a, and you know an incredible talent like Garrett Cole to you know front you know to headline your your rotation even if he is you know pitching there for for two years you know of a of a rebuild like when you have that kind of talent at the top of uh, at the top of your rotation that's significant that's a that's a you know that shifts the needle that's the you know kind of aggressiveness that you know you may want to see but it just it doesn't really work out because of you know, years of control and everything like that. So, um, and, you know, because of age and everything. So right now, when I look at this free agency, this isn't the big one for me. 2021 is the big free agency period for the, for this organization and its rebuild. Because at that point, that's when you start to sign guys who actually fit your window. Because right now in 2020, you don't want to give a guy like Marcel Asuna a five-year deal. Right. Because that will fit your, you know, because that's how much time you have to give for that player to fit in your window. And who's to say, you know, someone like that actually does, you know, still carry as, as much value as he does now into, you know, two to three seasons right. from now. And not to and not to get it wrong, I would I would be thrilled if they signed someone like Marcelo Zuna, you know, because at the very least that might be a potential trade ship that they have. But, uh, but just in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I'm totally fine with 
with Depoto's comments about about you know, and I completely understand what this means is that it's not this free agency period isn't isn't what this what this rebuild is about or what it's focused on. It's twenty twenty one. But that doesn't mean that this free agency period isn't important or valuable. And I think that's where there's a disconnect between Mariner fans and that comment in particular. Yeah. And so, you know, you can go out and trade for a guy that has like five years of control. You know, Mm -hmm. six years. Look what the Diamondbacks just did getting Zach Allen. Yep. You can make a deal like that. That's significant, you know, and, and yeah, it's not signing Steven Strasburg, but it's a legitimate piece that may develop into a Steven Strasburg in two to three years. You know, it's, it's that. Basically this off season is about making sure that next off season in the off season after that is when guys like Garrett Cole do make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's about capitalizing on the the talent that you've developed. Now you can go out and buy. You do have a surplus, uh, uh, you know, of prospects at certain positions and everything like that. If you want to get into that, you know, you, you can. You know, you got another draft class coming up that will, you know, should be expected to be pretty decent for you, considering that you're probably going to have a top seven pick in the draft. Right. Um. You know, this, the farm is going to be, you know, is going to continue to be restocked with uh, top tier talent. And, you know, you can start trading from that and start buying guys. Yep. You know, you can go out and buy someone like Zach Gallon again, you know, just using that as an example. You can go do that trade right now if you really want. Um, and you will, you are constantly, now you're at the part where, you have one of the better farm systems in baseball, and you're going to keep restocking it because you're at the bottom of the pile, so you have all this ammunition. And you know that whatever you trade away, you can replace. And, you know, obviously that can't be applied to someone like Jared Kelnick or Logan Gilbert because that's kind of like once-in-a-generation type of prospect, you know? Right. But, you know... With like you know, like you could trade from your crop of like L.J. Newsom and you know Juan Then, et cetera, and go out and maybe you know get someone that's like you know, or you could trade someone like Kyle Lewis or Evan White, you know, someone that is one that's of your Sheffield, be- Justin Dunn, yeah, someone who's one of your better uh, prospects, but you could live without, and if it helps you get something that's of more value to you elsewhere then you do that so you they'll be very creative this offseason i i expect them to do something that's rather shocking to some uh you know i i wouldn't be surprised if they move someone like justice sheffield you know or justin dunn or gilbert you know if it gets them you know like say like they were able to and uh, again this would never happen, but think of like this kind of level of player. Say that they were able to go out and get their Juan Soto. Yeah. You know? You give up whatever it takes to get that guy. Like, yeah. Um, it doesn't even have to be that. I mean, what if... I don't know. What if you can go find, you know, the guy you think is James Paxton in two years and has four years of club control? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can go out and you can you can get those guys and any player that's going to be seriously discussed in trade, the Mariners can afford. Yeah. So if they view that guy like I don't know, Whit Merrifield, if he's actually on the block, yes, the Mariners can't afford him. They can't. Yeah. Does it make sense to go out and give what Casey's going to demand? Maybe not, but could they do it? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's and that that's where the Mariners are at, and that's that's a really good sign. And they also, again, we're talking about at least forty ish million dollars coming off the books this offseason as well. I mean, we're we're pretty significant. Uh, there's pretty significant payroll flexibility there. Um, so honestly, I think I think the Mariners are going to make a buying move in a trade and a buying move in uh, in free agency, and that might only put them up around I don't know seventy eight eighty wins. But that's okay because next season is also about really seeing what you have in Crawford and Shedlong and probably Jake Fraley and Braden Bishop, um, as well as Justin Sheffield. And quite possibly for most of the year, Evan White, Kyle Lewis, Justin Dunn, um, those guys are probably going to get significant looks next year. Um, You know, and so, yeah, you know what? Honest, and the Mariners might do both. What do they, what if they trade? I don't Malik Smith or Mitch Haniger and Domingo Santana, but then they go out and they sign Michael Pineda to a, you know, four year, $60 million contract. Mm. You know, could that make sense? Yeah. It totally could. And so I think there, there may do a little bit of both here. And I just, I think that that idea um, that we're not going to be interested in, uh, or we're not going to go out. We're not going to overpay for the Garrett Coles or the Steven Strasburgs, or we're not going to be in the Bryce Harper. You know, we're not going to go out and try and get any of those guys, those type of guys yeah. this off season. That doesn't mean that they won't go out and get those guys eventually or try to. And it also doesn't mean they can't add useful pieces who can help you in 2020, but most importantly in 2021 and beyond. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, there's a disconnect there that Mariners fans kind of hear what they want to hear. And this idea that they think Jerry's saying that they're going to be really bad next year again. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's what he's saying at all. So, um, and also, you know, and, and think about this, you know, when 2021 comes around, you know, who's a free agent, Angelton Simmons, you know, uh, Mike Moustakis, Zach Britton, guys that you, you can supplement your, or you can put around your young talent to build uh, you know this is what the cubs did this is what the astros did this is what every team does when they build from within they take you know quality you know not superstar level players but you know all-star caliber type of players and Mm -hmm. and use their you know and allocate their money correctly you know because we don't know what's going to happen with jp crawford you know we don't know what's going to happen with the third base situation, et cetera. You know, maybe that's how you fill one of those spots is with one of these, you know, quality, you know, veteran, all-star caliber uh, veterans. I think the, the goal is to grow your own stars by your above average to, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, you look, you talk about the Astros, they went out and they bought Michael Brantley for a really reasonable contract. Brantley's not a superstar, but he's a really good player. And he that started type of player, all star, yeah. Yeah, that, and you know they did it a few years earlier with Josh Reddick. Again, not a great player, but a really solid, good player. And 
they make sense. And you look at what the Cubs did. They went out and they bought John Lester and they bought Ben Zobrist, a couple really good non-star players. And those really, those guys really helped. Um, so I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what the Mariners do um, this offseason. We'll certainly talk more specific players and targets and trade ideas that we got a whole offseason to talk about that stuff, guys. But I did just want to throw that out there right now because it was a comment that I saw and I saw the reaction by some. And I think most people I think most people get it. Um, so I don't think it was, you know, there was necessarily a lot of overreacting, but I, I did notice some people like, oh, well, of course, the Mariners, because all they care about is money. They just they're going to be cheap. And it's like, what? free agent can they sign this year that makes them legitimate free uh the legitimate playoff contenders next year there isn't one i mean there there's no way um so i just i just wanted to address that because i think this is a like i mentioned the other day on twitter i am absolutely fascinated by what the mariners can do what the mariners will do this offseason because they can do a little bit of everything they can go one extreme or the other they have valuable trade chips. They could shop Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Haniger, and they can kind of, you know, build that, build up their farm system even more. And they could do that while also going, okay, now we're going to take these trade chips we've accumulated and we're going to go out and we're going to go trade for Francisco Lindor. You know what I mean? So it's just, or Whit Merrifield or whatever it is. So I am absolutely fascinated by this, uh, by this off season. I, I can't wait, man. Uh, okay, you know. real quick, you know, yeah. talking about uh, going back to what I was talking about with like LJ Newsom, you know, and the, the surprise successes that they've had in the farm system. You know, I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, thanks to, to look at landing. Uh, Baseball America gave Joe Rizzo the best, or called him the best defensive third baseman in the Cal League. And you know, going into the season, we thought of Joe Rizzo as a positionalist player that probably wasn't going to do a whole lot and now he's hitting and now he's may have found a home defensively right and and that you know that's the type type of of player development and, and being able to raise a player's not only a ceiling but also his floor um and that's what they've been able to do with you know quite a few guys you know look at jake fraley look at you know the the uh, you know, huge props to the scouting department for finding Jake Fraley. Mm-hmm. And to the player development for turning him from a maybe useful fourth outfielder to a potential everyday option. Yeah. And huge credit to Jake Fraley for, you know, putting in the work to make that possible. So yeah. I just, you, you, you know, you look at that and that's just a good, the scouting department finds the players the player development helps develop them and the players buy in to what they're being told and they put in the work. And when you have all three of those things going in together, you have a chance to build something really special. And that looks like that's what the Mariners are on, on a path to doing. So we'll see how all that plays out. Um, but, uh, certainly things are looking better, um, for the Mariners, uh, and you know, if you you guys just want to keep focusing on their major league arrest record, I mean, I guess fine, but uh, that's if that's if that's what you want to focus on. You're probably um, not going to enjoy our podcast or our content because we are looking at uh, bigger, better, and more important things than the record of a team who's already told us they aren't going to win in 2019. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's just about going to do it. Unless you have anything you want to add, Ty, before we wrap it up here. 
Um, no, I think I think that's it. Um, yeah, you know, we we winged it today, but I think it turned out all right. I think we 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 accomplished our thirty five grade podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. We are yeah. the uh, we are the Gerson Bautista Command podcast right now. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> hey, that's okay because sometimes you get the hundred mile per hour heater in the perfect spot. That um, could kill someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Hey, that's that's just fine. Right? Wait until the off season, guys. Then our then our minimum goal is fifty grade podcast because off season uh, off season hot stove stuff. That's where we eat. So yeah. uh, can't wait for that to start up. Um, I guess I let's might as well ask this: Do we want to announce any kind of entry for the fantasy football league? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, basically, we're, we're, got, here, here's where we're at with that. Real fast, just mm-hmm. to kind of explain. And Ty, while I'm doing this, maybe you can think of a way to pick the other contestants. Um, Right now we have the league set up as a 12-team league. Um, That's as high as we're going to go. We are not doing 14 again. We're not doing 16. So there's uh, 12 teams right now. It looks like Ty and I are in from the website. Um, And we have also invited back our former champion. He was given, uh, obviously he was given, um, you know, first dibs. If he wanted mm-hmm. to play this year, he's decided he wants to play. So Jordan is in um, as well. So that leaves us with three. And then uh, we did send out a couple of special invites to some of our better, uh, some of our more active members of the community, of our community here. So uh, Jordan, leave it. You guys probably don't know him as this, but we certainly know him as Mormon Pizza Man. Uh, sends us a lot of good questions. So he, is, he has accepted a spot in the league as well. We also reached out to Seattle uh, underscore oh nine, um, and he has put up, put us on the wait list. So he's too big for us apparently now, but uh, that's okay. Maybe he wants to play, or maybe he doesn't. Um, but right now we're at four spots, uh, potential of five. Uh, we so we have only five or six spots left. There is going to be a buy-in this year. We've set it at. Um, Oh, since we can't legally do this in Washington, we've set it at uh, 20, uh, I don't know, uh, 20 bags of sunflower seeds, so to yep. speak. Um, 20, gall- you, 20, 20 gallons. <laughs> yes, which you, can send, which you can send to me on Venmo when you get in. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they, they ship the galleons to you. Um, on Venmo, but uh, anyways. Uh, so yeah, it's a buy-in this year, guys. There's going to be a prize. Um Maybe it's a cash prize. Maybe it's, you know, we uh, maybe we find something fun to do with the money. And, um, of course, you guys will sign off on that if you want it or not. Um, but, yeah, like I said, just a way for us to have some fun this winter. Um, you know, keep in touch with some of the people in our community. And, uh, you know, also, you know, play for some bragging rights. So, uh, like I said, 12 teams is the max we're doing. Um if we don't end up with enough for 12, we'll just drop down to 10 or whatever, and uh, we'll just have some fun. So um, if you guys are interested in that fantasy football, um, here's how you enter. Ty, go. Uh, okay. Uh, so Players Weekend is coming up uh, at the end of the month, and uh, all the player nicknames have, have been announced and stuff. Sure. But uh, we want you uh, to tell us what your player nick- Players Weekend nickname would be on the back of your jersey. So, uh, and, uh, you know, if you, you know, please provide context, you know, don't just say something because I probably don't know who you are. <laughs> so, 
just provide context and uh, yeah, let us know what our players uh, or what your player player weekend name would be, and what number would you wear it to? I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, of a particular number that resides in the '60s for that one, but you know. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, keep that in mind, guys. If you want to play, send us your player weekend jersey uh, name and number, and also um, be willing to uh, cough up the twenty galleons to uh, to get entry. So if you can't if you can't do that, if you can't afford that, then it's probably not the league for you. Um, sorry, but uh, yeah. So but I mean, I guess if you still want to send us your player weekend name and number. You can just mention that you're not interested in the football league. Um, oh. Right now, guys, we are scheduled to draft uh, one week from this Friday. So not this Friday, but next Friday. Um, yep. Because Ty got all high and mighty, and he has to go to the Blue Jays and the Mariners game uh, <laughs> on the weekend. So, Listen, I get, to, I get to see the Mariners once a year. You, you people can go whenever you want. <laughs> I, I, I need this moment in my, in my life. This is my one time a year. Whatever. Excuses, excuses. Um, <laughs> I have to see Austin Nola, okay? I have okay. to see Ryan I have to see Ryan Court play baseball for the Seattle Mariners. Nobody has to see that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, guys. So that, that's how we're gonna do it. So be aware of the buy-in, be aware of the limited spaces available, and send us your best player weekend. Uh, name and jersey numbers and ty and i will pick the best um probably on sunday mm-hmm. we'll throw out the twitter handles of those that we like the best and um hopefully you guys can play so uh that that's all going on guys and uh like i said fantasy football it's fun um it, it gives us a shot to kind of uh do something other than baseball which uh we love but we do occasionally like to do other things as well and it's just a good way to uh, stay in touch with some of our community members. So uh, just go ahead and uh, send us those suggestions, and we will pick the winners on Sunday evening. Um, and we'll probably have to tweet this because I doubt anybody stuck around this long to listen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's fine. So uh, anyways, guys, uh, I do want to mention real quick a couple of the website announcements is that uh, this month we're still planning on putting out our top 30 Mariners prospects list. Um, so that's kind of the big, uh, site thing this month, next month, we will start to kind of, um, taking broader looks at, you know, players available in free agency. Um, still not real specific yet. October, um, is when we'll start getting really specific. Um, and, uh, sometime shortly after the world series ends, we will actually, uh, we will pump out our, uh, not so famous, uh, off season plan which seems to be something you guys like. Uh, so we'll continue to do it. And that'll come out, I'm guessing, I don't know, a couple days after the World Series ends, we'll, we'll drop that. So, um, yeah, so be on the lookout for the Top 30 Mariner prospect list. That'll be coming out sometime soon. And uh, send us those, uh, those suggestions for your player weekend name and number so that you can come play fantasy football with me, Ty, and, uh, you know, a bunch of scrubs. So... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as I I say that as I get last place, um, yeah, it, yeah I, I don't think I did so hot last year, so no, I, I think I, I might I, I might be the scrub. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's okay. We get, we get paid for our baseball takes. Um, um, paid, I, I, paid, <laughs> but you know what I mean. 
Anyways, guys, uh, Ty, anything you want to say before we wrap up this ridiculously long rant? Uh, you asked me it once already. Uh, I'm going to give you the same answer. I don't have anything else. <laughs> okay, good. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Make sure you visit the website, sotomojo.com, for all your Mariners content. And uh, why don't you go ahead and leave us a nice little five-star review on uh, iTunes if you can, um, or a four-star. That's fine, too. Uh, so, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.